0: Letter twenty of Clarissa Harlowe, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Clarissa Harlowe, Volume two, by Samuel Richardson. Letter twenty. Miss Clarissa Harlowe to Miss Howe, Wednesday morning, nine o'clock. I am just returned from my morning walk and already have received a letter from mr lovelace in answer to mine deposited last night he must have had pen ink and paper with him for it was written in the coppice with this circumstance on one knee kneeling with the other not from reverence to the written to however as you'll find well we are instructed early to keep these men at distance an undesigning open heart where it is loath to disoblige is easily drawn in i see to oblige more than ever it designed it is too apt to govern itself by what a bold spirit is encouraged to expect of it it is very difficult for a good-natured young person to give a negative where it disesteems not our hearts may harden and contract as we gain experience and when we have smarted perhaps for our easy folly and so they ought or we should be upon very unequal terms with the world excuse these grave reflections this man has vexed me heartily i see his gentleness was art fierceness and a temper like what i have been too much used to at home are nature in him nothing i think shall ever make me forgive him for surely there can be no good reason for his impatience on an expectation given with reserve and revocable i so much to suffer through him yet to be treated as if i were obliged to bear insults from him but here you will be pleased to read his letter which i shall enclose to miss clarissa harlowe good god what is now to become of me How shall I support this disappointment? No new cause? On one knee, kneeling with the other, I write. My feet benumbed with midnight wanderings through the heaviest dews that ever fell. My wig and my linen dripping with the hoar frost dissolving on them. Day but just breaking. Sun not risen to exhale. May it never rise again. Unless it bring healing and comfort to a benighted soul. In proportion to the joy you had inspired, ever lovely promiser, in such proportion is my anguish. O my beloved creature, but are not your very excuses confessions of excuses inexcusable i know not what i write that servant in your way by the great god of heaven that servant was not dared not could not be in your way curse upon the cool caution that is pleased to deprive me of an expectation so transporting and are things drawing towards a crisis between your friends and you is not this a reason for me to expect the rather to expect the promised interview can i write all that is in my mind say you impossible "'Not the hundredth part of what is in my mind, and in my apprehension, can I write. "'Oh, the wavering, the changeable sex! "'But can Miss Clarissa Harlow—' "'Forgive me, madam, I know not what I write. "'Yet I must, I do, insist upon your promise, "'or that you will condescend to find better excuses for the failure, "'or convince me that stronger reasons I imposed upon you than those you offer. "'A promise once given, upon deliberation given, "'the promised only can dispense with, except in cases of a very apparent necessity imposed upon the promiser which leaves no power to perform it the first promise you ever made me life and death perhaps depending upon it my heart desponding from the barbarous methods resolved to be taken with you in malice to me you would sooner choose death than solmes how my soul spurns the competition Oh, my beloved creature what are these but words whose words sweet and ever adorable what promise-breaker Must I call you? How shall I believe the asseveration, your supposed duty in the question, persecution so flaming, hatred to me so strongly avowed, after this instance of you so lightly dispensing with your promise? If, my dearest life, you would prevent my distraction, or at least distracted consequences, renew the promised hope, my fate is indeed upon its crisis. Forgive me, dearest creature, forgive me! I know I have written in too much anguish of mind writing this in the same moment that the just dawning light has imparted to me the heavy disappointment i dare not re-peruse what i have written i must deposit it it may serve to shew you my distracted apprehension that this disappointment is but a prelude to the greatest of all nor having here any other paper am i able to write again if i would on this gloomy spot gloomy is my soul and all nature round me partakes of my gloom i trust it therefore to your goodness if its fervour excite your displeasure rather than your pity you wrong my passion, and I shall be ready to apprehend that I am intended to be the sacrifice of more miscreants than one. Have patience with me, dearest creature, I mean Soames and your brother only. But if, exerting your usual generosity, you will excuse and reappoint, may that God whom you profess to serve, and who is the God of truth and of promises, protect and bless you for both, and for restoring to himself, and to hope, your ever-adoring, yet almost desponding, loveless. Ivy Cavern in the Coppice. Day but just breaking. This is the answer. I shall return. Wednesday morning. I am amazed, sir, at the freedom of your reproaches. Pressed and teased, against convenience and inclination, to give you a private meeting, am I to be thus challenged and upbraided and my sex reflected upon, because I thought it prudent to change my mind? A liberty I had reserved to myself, when I made the appointment, as you call it. I wanted not instances of your impatient spirit to other people, yet may it be happy for me that I can have this new one, which shows that you can as little spare me when I pursue the dictates of my own reason as you do others, for acting up to theirs. Two motives you must be governed by in this excess, the one my easiness, the other your own presumption. Since you think you have found out the first, and have shown so much of the last upon it, I am too much alarmed not to wish and desire that your letter of this day may conclude all the trouble you had from or for your humble servant clarissa harlowe i believe my dear i may promise myself your approbation whenever i write or speak with spirit be it to whom it will indeed i find but too much reason to exert it since i have to deal with people who govern themselves in their conduct to me not by what is fit or decent right or wrong but by what they think my temper will bear i have till very lately been praised for mine but it has always been by those who never gave me opportunity to return the compliment to them some people have acted as if they thought forbearance on one side absolutely necessary for them and me to be upon good terms together and in this case have ever taken care rather to owe that obligation than to lay it you have hinted to me that resentment is not natural to my temper and that therefore it must soon subside it may be so with respect to my relations but not to mr lovelace i assure you wednesday noon march twenty ninth we cannot always answer for what we can do but to convince you that i can keep my above resolution with regard to mr lovelace angry as my letter is and three hours since it was written i assure you that i repent it not nor will soften it although i find it is not taken away and yet i hardly ever before did anything in anger that i did not repent in half an hour and question myself in less than that time whether i was right or wrong in this respite till tuesday i have a little time to look about me as i may say and to consider of what i have to do and can do and mr lovelace's insolence will make me go very home with myself not that i think i can conquer my aversion to mr solmes i am sure i cannot but if i absolutely break with mr lovelace and give my friends convincing proofs of it who knows but they will restore me to their favour and let their views in relation to the other man go off by degrees or at least that i may be safe till my cousin morden arrives to whom i think i will write and the rather as mr lovelace has assured me that my friends have written to him to make good their side of the question but with all my courage i am exceedingly apprehensive about the tuesday next and about what may result from my steadfastness for steadfast i am sure i shall be they are resolved i am told to try every means to induce me to comply with what they are determined upon and i am resolved to do all i can to avoid what they would force me to do a dreadful contention between parents and child Each hoping to leave the other without excuse, whatever the consequence may be. What can I do? Advise me, my dear. Something is strangely wrong somewhere, to make parents, the most indulgent till now, seem cruel in a child's eye, and a daughter, till within these few weeks, thought unexceptionably dutiful, appear, in their judgment, a rebel. Oh, my ambitious and violent brother! What may he have to answer for to both? Be pleased to remember, my dear, that your last favour was dated on Saturday. This is Wednesday, and none of mine have been taken away since. Don't let me want your advice. My situation is extremely difficult, but I am sure you love me still, and not the less on that account. Adieu, my beloved friend, Clarissa Harlowe. End of letter twenty.